The view from its spectacular summit is certainly one of the most sought-after sights in the world. Her snow-capped peak has always piqued public interest. Climbers from every continent have tried to conquer this majestic mass, and many have succeeded. Sadly, others didn't survive that severe sacrifice. We'll explore mighty Mount Everest in its entirety on this week's episode of FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. Hello, 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 my amigos, and welcome to this, another exciting edition of FYI for your English, the show where we learn so much more than English. And remember, guys, I'm always eager to hear from you guys. I'd love to hear your suggestion for future topics. As you know, this show is for you, so I want you guys to have an active part in helping me choose all the different topics, and I always value your feedback. And remember, if you like the show, be sure to leave us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts because that helps us so much. And you guys know this is a podcast I started doing in my daughter's bedroom. And look where we are now, over 102,000 downloads. Now, I'm still doing it from my home, but now I've outgrown my daughter's room and I'm a big boy now. I get my own room. <laughs> if you haven't figured it out yet, today we are going to Summit Mount Everest. That's right. And summit is one of the most important words we're going to look at today because summit is cumbre in every aspect, in every sense of the word. So uh, a global climate change summit or the summit of Mount Everest. But it's also a verb as well, and it means to reach the summit. So if you're a little bit lazy and you don't want to say, they reached the summit three times, you can just say, they summited three times. And it's a regular verb. Uh, a regular verb is a verb that ends in ed. Let's hike on over to the intro. To hike is hacer senderismo, or hacer montañismo, I think you say, to hike. And to take a hike is darse un paseo. But if you tell somebody, take a hike, in that tone, you're saying, vete a freír asparagos. I think that's how you say it in Spanish. Well, no, we're going to take a hike over to the intro, because as always, it's sprinkled with vocabulary and alliteration that I think can help you with your English. I started off by saying the view from its spectacular summit is certainly sa, 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 spectacular. Remember, in English, that word does not have an E in front of it. It's not espectacular. It's spectacular. So the view, que es la vista, from its spectacular summit, we just looked at that word, cumbre, is certainly, that means definitely, one of the most sought-after sights 
in the world. And we've looked at the word sought after in the past on this show. To be sought after is something I think of diamonds, muy buscado, the most sought after sites in the world. And you know what? As I as I wrote that, I thought about that. And it's true. Who doesn't want to take a gander, un vistazo, echar un vistazo from that summit? Is there, I mean, one thing is that you don't want to climb the, to the summit and you don't want to brave the elements, as we say, but everybody would love to take in that view. Then I said her snow-capped peak, and snow-capped es que tiene como un gorrito o una capa de nieve. Her snow-capped peak has always peaked public interest, and to peak interest is to awaken interest, no? Despertar interés. And it's true. Climbers from every continent have tried to conquer it. And climbers, I want to look at that word because climb is a silent B. We don't say climb, we say climb. And it reminds me of another word too, a social climber. I believe you say in Spanish, un trepa, somebody who is trying to climb the social ladder. But we're not talking about social climbers today. We're talking about real climbers, mountain climbers who have come from every continent all around this planet and they've tried to conquer this majestic mass. And mass is masa and majestic is majestuoso, a word that we often use when we're referring to mountains. And then I said that many have succeeded. It would be a lot more common to say succeed than to have success. Some of my students say, Alberto, did he have success? It's, es un poco forzado. We would say, did he succeed directamente como verbo? Then I said, sadly, que es literalmente tristemente, pero es desafortunadamente, others didn't survive. And we know that, and we'll learn about people who didn't live to tell the tale. And they didn't survive that severe, te suena, no? Severo, duro, that severe sacrifice. Then I said, we'll explore mighty, uh, contundente, poderoso, mighty Mount Everest in its entirety. And its entirety is completamente. So, are you ready? Let's start with the name. This majestic mass, the highest mountain in the world, didn't get its name, its current name, actual is current, Mount Everest until 1865. And it was named after a guy named George Everest. Now, George Everest didn't climb the mountain or anything, but he was one of these big shots, big shots, especies gordos, gente importante over in England. But this George Everest guy, he was an explorer, a surveyor, so they felt like he was kind of the right guy. So they called it Mount Everest. But it's had titles way before this Everest guy came on board. Uh, in Nepal, it's called Sagarmatha. Now, you'll have to excuse my pronunciation. Sagarmatha, which means head of the sky. And there's a picture that I saw when I was researching this episode, and it's incredible because it looks like a lion head. When the sun is hitting the peak, I can't remember which side it was on, 
but it looked like a lion's head. So as you can imagine, there's a lot of lore as well around this mountain. So in Tibetan, in Tibetan, it's called Chomo Lungma, Chomo Lungma, which means goddess mother of mountains and goddess siendo diosa. But Everest, I just found out now, I, I never would have known this in a million years. And uh, well, it just goes to show, maybe you shouldn't listen to your teachers. But the pronunciation, this guy's pronunciation of his last name is not Everest. It's Everest, Everest. So it's interesting because everybody says Everest. In fact, if you told me, are you going to Mount Everest with a pause there or that weird intonation, I would say, why did you say it like that? So I guess if you can't beat them, join them. Si no puedes con ellos, únete a ellos. Let's talk a little bit about the geography. Now, the summit of Everest is on the border of Nepal and China. Most climbers take the Nepal route, and we'll talk about that later. There are many routes you can take, and we're even going to tell you all the stuff you'll need if you're thinking about doing it yourself one day. I'll say this. Get your checkbook ready, and I think you say talonario. But one of the reasons the Nepal side is easier or more convenient or more popular even I should say is because it's gradual gradual vamos a pronunciar eso gradual and it's it's a slow ascent those are two very important words as well ascent and descent and the verbs end in d to ascend and to descend it can be a little bit confusing that's why I wanted to point it out and I guess we couldn't do this podcast without asking, how tall is this mountain? I mean, if it's the tallest mountain on earth, how tall is this monster? Well, it is 8,848 meters. That is really tall. And that is incredible. Now, China has a different number. They say 8,844 meters. They say it's four meters shorter. And this has always been debated. In fact, they can't agree on how tall this damn mountain is. But they will say that it is the tallest mountain on earth. And you know what? If they say that, that statement is wrong. Equivocado. What? Are you kidding, Alberto? But my teachers told me that the tallest mountain on earth is Mount Everest, even though they supposedly pronounced it wrong. Well, I've got news for you. There's another one that's even taller, and I'm going to tell you all about it in the bonus part of today's show. Just remember, guys, every week there's a bonus part of the show, which we have for our Patreons. These are people who join us on my Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. And there you can get access to the bonus audio. You can get access to PDFs with all the vocabulary and expressions that we look at. And you can also have classes with me on a weekly and monthly basis. And most importantly, you can join our curious community. So if you want to find out more, go over to patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso and take a look. And I'd like to send a shout out and a big thank you to all my patrons because this 
this show would not be possible without you guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you. And a big shout out to my super duper students, Francisco, Tony, Roberto, Jose Maria, Mila, Alex, Patricio, Edgar, and Lolis. And don't forget about my interstellar students, Carmen, Diego, Pilar, and Diana. Thank you so much to all of you. This would not be possible without you. Another reason that it's been debated so much, the height, heightis altura, the height of this mountain, is because it's growing every year. Little by little, this mountain is growing. And sure, it's 50 to 60 million years old, so of course it's growing. Anything that's been around that long, there's got to be some kind of change that happens. It's either shrinking or growing, and in the case of Mount Everest, it's it's growing taller and taller every day. Experts estimate that the summit of Mount Everest increases a quarter of an inch every year. Now, I know what you're thinking. Alberto, inches? We're not Americans. Well, don't worry. In centimeters, it's 0.635. Okay, it's a little bit more than a half a centimeter. But think about that. You know, it's growing every day. It's a living organism. I guess some of the things that make people reluctant, reacios, to want to summit or to climb Mount Everest was A, the price tag, no el precio que hay que pagar. B, it's kind of far from everything. It's a remote area. And, well, the temperature and the wind speed and the dangerous conditions that you're putting your life in jeopardy, in jeopardy is in peligro. Now, the summit of Mount Everest reaches what is called the upper troposphere. Now, just to explain that to you guys, I don't know very much about it myself, but this is right near the border of the stratosphere. And we all know that strato means huge. <laughs> so that is insane. So what does that mean? What does that mean when we talk about winds and jet streams? Well, they've recorded wind speeds, are you ready for this, of 280 kilometers per hour. That was in 2004. Now, that's not the norm. The norm is around 160 kilometers per hour at the summit. Now, ¿te parece poco? Does that seem like a slow wind speed? I don't know about you guys, but I don't know if I'm more scared of the cold or the wind, or maybe it's the combination of both, or maybe the fact that I have zero climbing experience. <laughs> oh, and the temperature. What's the temperature? Well, uh, 30 to 40 degrees, wait for it, below zero, menos cero. 30 to 40 degrees. Remember, we don't say grades, para grados. We say degrees. I don't know. You know, I'm here under my blanket at home, my nice toasty calentito blanket. I'll watch a documentary or listen to a podcast on Mount Everest. I'll leave that to the daredevils, los osados. I mean, you have to be a daredevil if you willingly, and willingly is queriendo, you willingly go into an area called the death zone. See, si, se llama así, guys. It's not a movie. It's not a Stephen King novel. The death zone. And what is the death zone? Well, this is a um, above 8,000 meters what happens is uh, your body cells, las células en el cuerpo, they start to die because there's an absence of oxygen. 
right? Uh, your body lacks, carece de, it lacks oxygen. And it's only about one third of the oxygen that you would get at sea level. So you're losing two thirds of the oxygen that you normally get. You've got these harsh conditions, condiciones brutas. The temperature is extreme. It's not the kind of place you want to hang out. We already talked about the wind and the temperature, but just the fact that there is no oxygen up there. And these conditions are, quote unquote, not favorable for human survival. So it's not recommended that anybody goes up there, never mind hang out there and take a couple selfies. It's called the death zone for a reason. And you know what? I'm going to heed their warning. Voy a acatar o seguir sus eh, avisos. So who was the brave person that first summited this amazing mountain? Well, I've got news for you. It wasn't the first person who attempted to climb it. And we're going to talk about the first person who attempted to climb it, or I should say the first expedition, because it's never just one person. And we'll look at that in the bonus part. But right now, we'll look at the first successful ascent. Remember, uh, when it's mountain versus man, well, nine times out of ten, Mountain is going to win. But on May 29th, 1953, man won. Mankind, humankind won because we went somewhere where we had never gone before. And that was a man named Sir Edmund Hillary from New Zealand and Tenzing Norgay, a Sherpa from Nepal. Now, they weren't the first ones who attempted it, but they were the first ones to reach the summit. They were part of another expedition, a British expedition, and they were the first ones to summit, at least the first ones with pictures or proof that says, this is us. And while we're on the subject of Sherpas, Tenzig Norgay was a, a Sherpa, a Sherpa of the, the, the local people, the indigenous local people who live near the area. And without the Sherpas, nobody would be summiting. These guys, in my opinion, are the real heroes. I've watched many documentaries. I've always been fascinated by this topic. And the Sherpas are going up there without supplemental oxygen. They're carrying the British guy's backpack. And also, I mean, they are the real heroes. You want me to be honest with you? It's the Sherpas. Without the Sherpas, and they're people who are used to it. They're from that region. So they're used to these very high altitudes. And another thing, obviously, if they're from the region, then they're familiar. They know when a storm is coming. They know uh, the conditions. They know the way up and the way down. They might even know some shortcuts, atajos. Although I don't think uh, climbing Mount Everest, I don't think that's the perfect time to be taking shortcuts. Well, that was the beginning of the end. Because now, in present day, we've got about 800 people who try to summit Everest every year. 800 people. Think about that. To, to 800 people who have to go out there. They've got to fly out there, spend the money, spend the time. And we're going to talk about how much time and how much money it's going to take if you want to do this. And at the time of the recording of this podcast, they said the estimates were that more than 7,000 people have taken this challenge, have tried to face this mountain, but about 800 try 
per year. That's the current number. And I'm sure you've seen photos. I'm sure you've seen documentaries, but it is officially out of control because so many people wanted to jump on the bandwagon. Uh, so we say al carro, I think you say in Spanish. And what have you got now? Well, you've got overcrowding. You've got bottlenecks over at the top because remember, it's not like, bueno, yo me tiro por aquí, vosotros por You don't have those options. And it could be deadly if somebody in front of you can't move and you're stuck, atascado. So they're saying it's more dangerous than it has ever been because of the overcrowding. And it makes sense. Anytime something is overcrowded, it gets a little bit more dangerous. You got more souls, más almas participando. And not to mention the waste, la basura, the refuse, all the garbage that's scattered all over the mountain. And I've seen photos, and I hope, I'm, I'm hoping that those photos were doctored uh, to doctor es hacer Photoshop a una foto. Because if not, I mean, that is just, it's disgusting. There was litter everywhere. And litter es basura. También es el, el verbo que significa tirar algo, pero no a la basura. So after I've given you all that information, you're still thinking about doing it? Well, you're more daring than I am. Tell me how it goes. Me cuentas como te va. But if you want to join the fray, and I did this on purpose, to join the fray is unirte al grupo, to join the fray. Entrar, entrar en liza o meterse en, to join the fray. But I did that also because the word fray means deshilachar, desgastar. It's something that happens to a rope. So a rope, una cuerda, that climbers use, can get frayed. And you don't want your rope to get frayed. So you see what I did? I'm playing with words there. Join the fray, unete, and hopefully your ropes won't get frayed. I'm afraid that would be very dangerous. Uh, okay, okay, I'll stop with the jokes now. Well, firstly, like everywhere, there's a peak season and an off-peak season. There's a better time to go, and in this case, it's because of the weather. The weather dictates that. So uh, months, the months of May and September, uh, the winds, los vientos, are slower. So it's a better time. Uh, the odds, la probabilidad, of having strong winds is lower than in other months. Uh, but those are also months where there's a lot of traffic. Uh, I think they said the, the months with the most traffic are April and May. So really when the weather is good, quote unquote, because is the weather ever really good at the summit? And how much are we going to have to shell out? To shell out is pagar, gastarnos. Well, they said that the average is 35,000 US dollars. But then I went to another website and it said it can be anywhere from 30,000 to 130,000. So in that case, I think the average would be more like 50,000 US dollars. If we go somewhere in between 50 or 60,000 US dollars. Well, because you got to get permits, los permisos, you got to get the equipment, you've got to get your guides, your sherpas and, you know, contingency planning. And uh, don't forget, there's a fee, un honorario, honorario, I always mix up that word. There's a fee that you will pay directly to the Nepalese government of $11,000. So whatever it's going to cost, just add an $11,000 tax. 
but it's like everything. You can go on the cheap, o como decimos, on a shoestring budget. Bueno, creo que ir a Everest y shoestring budget eh, no son igual. A shoestring budget, though, is an expression, hacerlo con poco presupuesto. But again, $50,000, is that a shoestring budget? I don't think so. <laughs> Not for me, at least. So it's expensive, and you can even go luxury. I mean, you can even get access to hot showers at the base camps. You can get access to more comfortable tents. There's a, a word for this now. It's called glamping, and it's a mix of the word glam and camping, like glam, like glamorous and camping. There are a total of 18 different routes, but as I said, there are some that are naturally more popular because they're a bit easier. And speaking of easy, we'll find out in the bonus part of today's show that there are a lot of other mountains that are harder than Mount Everest. And, and when I say harder, I mean harder to climb than Mount Everest. In fact, experienced climbers say that uh, Mount Everest is a breeze. Es pan comido. Well, we'll look at those other mountains in the bonus part of today's show. Now, we know how much it's going to cost. Well, how long is it going to take? I mean, like, how long do we have to take off work? ¿Cuánto tiempo tenemos que coger libre en el trabajo? Well, the fastest time Okay, and again, this is the fastest. This is not the time that you, me, or Joe Schmo is going to do. This was in 2003. Again, remember, this is at the time of the recording of this podcast. These records are always broken. A guy, uh, obviously a, a Sherpa named Lakpa Jelu Sherpa, in 2003, he managed to go from base camp to the top in 10 hours and 56 minutes. Then he spent a few minutes at the top just taking it all in and enjoying that accomplishment and he turned back and he went down. And the whole trip, the round trip, el viaje entero, was 18 hours and 20 minutes. Now that was lightning speed because you, me, the layman, la persona cualquiera, we would need three months to make the full journey. Three months, and that's not counting getting in shape and training because you've got to be in tip-top shape. Tienes que estar de salud de, de primera. And then once you get to base camp, which you have to trek, you have to hike to base camp, uh, just because you, of course, have to get used to the air and the, the lack of oxygen. But then when you get to base camp, well, you could wait up to 40 days. Who knows how long you could wait? You're not going to test the weather. You're not going to test the elements because you will lose. And in the bonus part of the show, too, we'll look at some of the tragic stories and some of the graveyards, cementerios, and landmarks, some of the bodies that are there frozen in the snow are used as landmarks, marcadores. And we'll talk about that in the bonus part of today's show, where, as I said before, we'll talk about the first attempt and the missing camera. What? The missing camera? Yeah, if this camera is found, history could change forever. And I'll tell you about that in the second part. We'll also talk about some mountains, some peaks that are more dangerous than our beloved, querido Mount Everest. 
We'll also talk about all the other 8,000ers, 8,000ers, los picos por encima de 8,000 metros. That and so much more in the bonus part of today's show. We're going to wrap up the first part of the show, and I'm just going to tell you guys to approach English the way you would approach any challenge, such as climbing a mountain. Do you look at the mountain and say, I've got to get to the top. Oh my God, it's so much work. It's going to take everything I've got. Yeah, you can think about that. But then you'll get overwhelmed if you think of all the work that you've got to do. But if you think about it as one step at a time, just one day at a time, one step at a time, eventually you will get to the top. You will get to the summit. You just have to keep your eye on the goal. And guys, we'll wrap up there. Thanks for listening to this episode of FYI.